Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This is the Sobi Rao Show. And today I'm joined by a friend, a fellow comedian. I would like to say fellow comedian because I want to put myself in the same league. And a guy I met many years now. It's been since we performed together in Singapore and did some other stuff. Anyway, let's talk about that in another show. But uh, all the way from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Is that Nevada? I don't know. Is Mr. Butch Bradley. Butch, how are you? Great to be here. And we're brothers. That's that's the part you forgot. You're one that's of those true. humans people meet and they're like, oh, my God, I, I wish I wish my relatives were like him. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I wish I'll my trade relatives in were half like my you. family for you. I'll trade in half my family for you. I hope but, they're watching. <laughs> man, you know, I, I wish my relatives were like you, a white man in Nevada who I can hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, seriously, let's trade. Let's trade. You find some cousins you're done with. So I'm at the Strat Hotel and Casino in Vegas. And I'm so Americaned up because I got the Merlin Monroe shirt and she's holding two guns. And I got my monster Red Bull beverage drink. And I'm (laughs) under the Strat Casino. And I'm like three blocks from a place where you can buy guns and marijuana. So, yeah, hey. it's an American moment. It's American dream, man. <laughs> I wish. I- <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You know, it's funny. We're, we're in the middle of thinking it's a dream. And then we're like, oh, sh- you know, what have we done? <laughs> it's, it's very strange, yeah. man. You know, the whole uh, thing. I want to talk about that in a bit. But, you know, it's so cool uh, because I'm sitting here. And the entire concept uh, before the lockdown was this hustle for open mics and live gigs, et cetera, et cetera. But the entire conversation was how many people are coming, the turnout, how do you get people? It's about uh, it's about the marketing versus the actual comedy. And I suppose the marketing is important. And just to get this uh, perspective from you where, yeah, I mean, also for people who don't know, you are a resident comedian at the club, the LA, what it's called, sorry, is it called LA Comedy Club? Yeah, I, yeah, I am. The only non-celeb resident in Las Vegas. I'm at oh, the LA on. Comedy Club five nights a week. No, and dude, Lady Gaga is up the street right now. And I wish I knew someone so I could sneak in. We've got Rod Stewart. The mm. Stones, the Rolling Stones are here in November. Like it's, you know, and the caliber of the comics, just so people know, like, you know, Bill Burr, Chappelle rolls in. And, and then, you know. The guys in our tier and then the guys at the other tier. It's like a really interesting time because mm. here in the States, Vegas, I've been working since last October. Very blessed. You know, the most of the country's down. But right, So you've been doing live gigs since last October? Yeah. So somehow That's awesome. the combination of alcohol, drugs, and 24 hours is a cure for COVID. Did you know that? And guns. <laughs> <laughs> and guns, right. I right. heard, correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that the strip clubs now in Vegas, you have to put the dollar bills in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. And, uh, you know, yeah, I can, yeah, I, you know, that whole world is so funny because in the newspapers here, it would say, uh, you know, Dance clubs are now allowed, you know, lap dances. Like, it's so crazy to live in a place where lap dances is like an argument at the local government. You know what I mean? <laughs> clearly, <laughs> like, see, <laughs> clearly, Vegas has its priorities right. Oh, Nevada has its priorities yeah. right. There's some... Yo, so, I, I just wanted to tell you behind me, there uh-huh. are, if, I don't know if your viewers can see, but there are actually people bungee jumping off of the stratosphere behind me. So just what? so when they're listening, maybe they can look over my shoulder, maybe catch someone. So you can. Are you sure it's bungee jumping, the- right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah. You know what? You don't know how right you are. Occasionally, it is not. 
yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> so you guys give me a heads up. <laughs> yeah, they, the, but you know, you're performing at the Stratosphere, right? Yes, I so am. You, uh, I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm doing an 8 o'clock show tonight. I'm covering for uh, a comedian, and then I do my 10. Brett Ernst is here usually, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, 10. He's on um, He's on the, uh, oh, God, uh, Cobra Kai comedy, Cobra Kai. It's all about, mm. um, you know, uh, God, what was that movie? I'm such a jerk. But anyway, he's on I Cobra get it Kai. Brett Ernst, very funny guy. And, okay. uh, yeah, there's a ton of subs. The Laugh Factory's here. The Comedy Cellar's here. Jimmy Kimmel's is here. Brad Garrett's is here. Uh, big American comedy clubs, huge. Like if so, New York and LA have moved to Vegas, so there really is no LA or New York at this moment. New York is only the comedy cellar. So when you mean these guys are there, like the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Cellar, so you're talking about like makeshift clubs, or have they taken like rooms in casinos, or what's the deal? Like, I mean, for people, these who... are incredible AA rooms. They are gorgeous. They're you know, 400 seat, 300 seat rooms that uh, mm. the Laugh Factory is stunning. Uh, and uh, they're That's recently they built the these best places? comics in the world working there. Yeah. Are these recent developments like these guys moving after the lockdown because LA shot, whatever? No, Vegas has always been like your tour. You would tour the country. You would, you know, grow your open mic in like Boston, Chicago, Florida, mm. San Francisco or New York. And then. You would uh, move to New York or L.A. so that when you're up at the club, you know, uh -huh. you get uh, a shot at NBC, ABC, you know, Disney, yeah. a movie, whatever. Uh, uh, and then, um, you know, Vegas is the place where the guys who have really seasoned their craft go mm. and you get a monster paying gig, uh, you know, a beautiful suite and you knock out monster shows with some of the best in the world, really. Wow. You know, so so but, you, yeah. you're right now doing like, uh, you said you're doing a 10, which is your regular slot. That's an hour every night of the week or what? I'm five nights a week. You know, I really, mm. it's really crazy, but I sort of like landed my 24-7 uh, chasing the road by coming to Vegas because the residency gave me a chance to sort of, you know, have a front door. I have two dogs, maintain a relationship, uh, you know, like normalcy. Yeah. You know, in yeah. Vegas, I'm like, you know, I don't even drink anymore. Like, I haven't drank in two years. So, which is crazy that Vegas, I'm like so straight-laced mm. <laughs> because I'm not exhausted anymore. You yeah. know, when I met you, you were actually a traveling comedian, right? Because you used to do, yeah. uh, I think, one of the, I wouldn't say one of the few, but you, yeah, you were one of the uh, few American comedians who would venture out of the American road uh, comic sort of circuit. And yeah. then you would hit Southeast Asia, especially that's yeah. where you met yeah. through Jonathan and uh, I think um, Rizal, I think, got you down for the Comedy yeah. Club Asia. And I think I met yeah. you in your last show there, I think, I think 2015 or uh, 14 or 16, I think that's when we met. Yeah. And it's yeah. um, and what I found was amazing, of course, you know, you've been doing comedy for so many years, but you uh, really got a... a way in which you made the Singaporeans, which is a tough group of people. I mean, I'm not talking about the expats. I'm talking about the Singaporean uh, people who would come for your show, the Chinese Singaporean or the locals. And man, I remember at one gig, I think you did uh, some crowd interactions with this guy who had a helmet on. And there was something which, which went completely escalated to a mental level of fun. And I was like, man, and because it's and not to, and, and not to sound like all Americans are ignorant of things, but the way you kind of got out of that American comedy mindset and you kind of 
just got these uh, Asians, and I'm saying all kinds of Asians to laugh, was really, really cool. So, so, so when you mentioned um, uh, this fact, right, that you're now a resident and you'll have a home and you're with your dog, but how is uh, the life as a road comic, like, does it get, fuck with your head after a point? You know, being on the road all those years, you know, I was in L.A., and when mm. I was in Los Angeles, I lived there for about 12 years, mm. and you would go up the street, you do the Laugh Factory, you audition for all of these clubs. Right. You audition the Laugh Factory, you audition for the Comedy Store, the Improv, right. uh, Comedy Magic, and if you're blessed to even get in one cool, then you're working with all the murderers, and you're getting paid <laughs> your, like, you know, your basic, like, 50 bucks, and you're you're starving and you don't get mm. paid for every two weeks then you stack your cash go on the road for maybe a gig you know one mm. gig that would carry you through a month in la and you would audition and hope someone saw you and something happened and after about 12 years i thought you know i work all the clubs all incredible made me a better comedian and i and uh jamie gong uh had pulled me out to hong kong and paula gotta put in a word for me yeah. Tom cotter did and then um, I linked up with Rizal and, mm. um, you know, those guys. Uh, and I met Harith and everybody in yeah, Singapore yeah, yeah. And, and just incredible humans. And Asia was just, like, amazing. But that road exhaustion, you don't even know it. You're, you know, you're having a couple of glasses of wine. You're, 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 you're in bed at three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a couple to me is like a bottle and a half, you yeah. know? So, well, look, what am I, the only honest drinker in the world? <laughs> like, I mean, look, that's how, look, that's, you know, my, my measurements with my Irish background is a couple of drinks. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah. you would have them and I would get to talk to guys like you for hours. And, and then, you know, you're just meeting dudes from Australia and all over the world. And, you know, yeah, but remember fun, we just but sat then, in that food court or the hawker market yeah. after our show and we just had drank lots of yeah, draft, I think, beer off tap. And I think. Incredible. Uh, just, yeah, I think the show was just, it sort of happened to be that we were on a show together, but everything around it was so much fun. I think, um, you know Hezri, what? I, I think, booked us on that. Yes, Hezri. That was uh, the show we did. Jonathan and Hezri, yeah. Yeah, we did, I think, the three gigs together. I think we did uh, the Blue yeah. Jazz, the Dutch Club, and then we did the other one, which yep. was the smaller room, you know, where they had a club attached to it. Really, really fun. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. thank you. I think I didn't thank you in person for that that spot you got me at the Comedy Magic Room in 2016 in uh, in uh, in LA. Man, that wow. was so cool. I was there for the festival in San Francisco, and uh, you said I'm going to try getting you a gig at this really really big room and really really big comedians. Toughest room through. in LA. Toughest room in LA. Yeah, it's like a the Comedy Magic Room. Spot. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there was a guy who I, man, I can't believe I forget his name, but he was uh, sort of like a look like a Leno kind of contemporary. That was his age. Uh, his yeah. Shit. Uh, was his name Paul? Paul? Is there a famous comedian called Paul who's from a TV show? There's, you know, at that club, any given night, you're with, yeah. in in Hollywood, the beautiful part, and not now, but not Hollywood now, yeah. and not time. Yeah, it's quiet now, but you're with everybody, man. You're with Jay Leno. You're with Russell Peters. You're with yeah. anybody you could think of. Chris Rock, Chappelle, like, yeah. Who knows who you were with, which is really funny. No, this guy's right name now. is Paul Ryan. Is it a Paul Ryan? Um, I'm saying it like know. a. It yeah. I'm saying it like yeah, a valley guy. Is there a Paul Ryan in the house? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm over here. No, it could, you know, it could have been anyone. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, it's fantastic that. Uh, Asian, yeah. No, but it's, you're talking it's, about the exhaustion, right? The exhaustion. Yeah. You don't even know you're exhausted. I didn't even know 
that I was exhausted and looked exhausted till I was in Vegas working full time with a not like coming to and from work to my home and running my dogs. Like yeah. I got dogs to be normal, to get up early, to go to the gym, to drink water, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to have food. I didn't even know you were supposed to consume food on a regular basis. I was yeah. uh, having my couple of glasses, but yeah. then I realized I was exhausted. And, um, but you know, trying you mess with your mind besides just your body as well. Did, like, like were you mentally in a good like in a space where it was this loop because i i mean i was there and i mean doing comedy anxiety like, definitely yeah. anxiety you know because you're you know i for me personally and i think for real comedians like yourself the real comedian does not hey, have thank a you. choice you know we're going to stage because we don't care about how tired we are we don't care what it costs we're mm. going to stage we're meant to go there it's a, it's a god gift it's inside you it's why, you know, why a little kid climbs a tree and he's not afraid to fall. I yeah. go to stage because that's what I was designed to do. Real comedians don't have a choice. So you're going, you're going, you're going. And then hopefully it pays off just enough where you're in a position where you get some sort of an offer where you get enough money where you can catch your breath and you can use your talent exponentially. But that's not always the case. You know, you get mm. beat up on the road and you got to take, you got to take a couple of days off and some self-discipline and uh mm. it's hard but i mean you know that's comedy right <laughs> and that's the thing you know do you think sometimes when you're in that space where you're sleepless nights okay i mean I, i've not done it for too long in that sort of cycle where I, you know i i I think this is my 11th year in comedy, but what I mean by the um, the, the continuous road kind of thing, we didn't, didn't really have too many opportunities here to be road comedians because we have just a few clubs, but there were those weeks or months where there would be, you know, 25 gigs a month. And that would sort of send you in the space where reality is kind of disconnected from your performance. Uh, I mean, not performance, but from your schedule, right? Because you're just hotel rooms or in someone's house or you're sleeping on someone's sofa. And yes, uh, do you think that kind of mindset, is it, it, does it does it bring out the magic of what your comedy can do or does it sort of just uh send you into the spiral where you're just on autopilot doing things because i did the fringe and that was 26 days of back-to-back -back shows and then yeah, yeah, you yeah. know i went with the intention of writing new material like a minute every day so by the end of the fringe i'll right. probably have a new 30 minutes ah uh -uh, impossible because every day was just right. you know my god how do how am i going to do this and i was doing spots behind besides my one hour show so i would wake up do a slot slot at 12 o'clock then at 1 30 then at 3 30 then do my show from six to seven then sometimes someone be like and and the reason uh, you're doing these spots is because man the hope that someone picks up on the fact that this guy is funny and then tells someone else or if there's a guy who's booking shows or there's a promoter or there's someone from one of these big labels and that fear of missing out is such a driving force and i feel comedians do that and uh, now taking a step back and I'm just like um, the lockdown, you know, everything came to a standstill. The online shows, there were these online open mics where there were three people and it was just ridiculously stupid. I didn't oh, do them. Yeah. I did one. Oh, brutal, it was a waste right, of time. Brutal. Yeah. And even yeah. now I think I've done soul one crushing, live gig. Soul it is soul crushing. Yeah. It's just absolutely disaster, right? So I mean the couple <laughs> it couple really is. It's, it's it pathetic. really is. But a yeah. couple of things I want to ask you based on that. Like one is do you think um, being you know, I think it's great being healthy and being clean, and and I'm at that place now. Of course, I still have, I still drink, but not, not nowhere close well, to the. I didn't say I was healthy, but yeah, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but is that important? Like, because you feel, you see, like right now, they're so clinical about everything, right? And of course, I see the benefit of uh, having, um, you know, the exercise and mental health that it helps both those things. But um, 
Do you think there's a sort of very sterilized approach nowadays? Do you do you see that more and more in younger comedians who you meet or you come across that there's this sort of like a formula that they follow? Well, look, I had to like, you know, move to Hollywood, live in a studio with no money. And I had to be broke. I had to drink too much. Mm. I had to sleep too little. I had to be hungry. I had to grind. I had to, uh, you know, go through that whole process and, you know, be happy in pain and walking down the Sunset Strip in Hollywood yeah. and just just dreaming and dreaming when I used to have a real nine to five job and I used to, you know, have a car and this and that. And I gave up all that other part of society to, to do what I really wanted to do because I thought it was easy to get a job I didn't like. Yeah. And to go through the mud and to get dirty and to come through it, you're damn right. It's all necessary. I don't think you can do any. You can't sneak by comedy. Now, <laughs> everything's an individual choice. I yeah. personally just can't drink anymore. It just And I needed to be healthier. And I've learned yeah. all my lessons. Yeah. So all my lessons are learned on my tired days. I go for a run to, you know, there's, yeah. there's marijuana here. There's tons of things. But. Right now, I'm in a build castle phase. I took all the lessons that were laid out before me. I made mm. it through like a bunch of little challenges in life and comedy, and and now I'm blessed with this spot. But yeah. you know, I I wouldn't be you know where I'm at if I didn't get muddy and dirty on a regular basis all those yeah. years and learn and then have that experience to share with other people like you. We have that in common. You yeah. don't just show up to the circus and get up on stage at the big tent. All the clowns and the dancers and the bearded old lady, they don't want to hang out with you after because you don't have any stories because you never rode the train across yeah. country exhausted and tired and, and shared a stall with a horse. You know what I mean? You got to like, <laughs> you got to, if you don't have a soul to share. And by the way, if you're just telling comedy in your little hobo town, no matter what country you're in, well, maybe. But if you want to get and, you know, know the like, the spices of the earth and go to India and go to Singapore and then go to New York and then, you know, go, yeah. go all over the world and have something in common with people. You got to get in the mud and, you know, really know, you know, have something to share with them. You know, the voice about your family, yeah. we all have family in common, but the comedian has got to have grit, you know, those pretty yeah. five minute late night show comics, they don't survive three minutes in real rooms. They don't. And they don't share. But, Who wants to listen to them? Do you? I yeah. don't. <laughs> no, but some would, some would argue uh, on the flip side to that, that of course, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I, I got into comedy to do live gigs across the world, right? Of course, now yeah. there are so many elements to it, like uh, management, promote, et cetera, whatever. You need a fan base. But do you think that there is um, a flip side to that story where some people would say, yeah, that's all bullshit. That's in the past. But now what you got to do is get good. So you have a 30 minute set or whatever, and then record it on um, whatever in a room, put it up on YouTube or right. get Amazon. Right, right, right. And then you get a um, reach across the world. And then you yep. go and perform for those fans across the world, because a lot of people are doing that. And I'm not um, asking you whether it's right or wrong, but what what is, um, you know, because there are, there are, especially now in India, because it's an emerging market and a lot of these big platforms have come in. So they're, they're not going for good comedy necessarily, but they're going for influencers who can, um, you know, either you make like comedy reality shows or you make these sketch shows or you make these uh, 
uh, right. shows which have these uh, elements which are fa more popular comedians on social media and YouTube and you get these people and you drive um, audiences to the platform so they're both very different approaches to comedy and of course they clearly well, uh, well, do you, but do you want to be good at your art do you want to be great at your art do you want to be Chappelle or do you want to be you know a Johnny who's got 30,000 people in his uh, you know YouTube thing who thinks he's got all the answers and in about two years someone else is coming along to take his spot because he doesn't mm. have legs to run on or stories to tell and he's not honed so yeah but I someone would argue that the Chappelle, yeah there's someone would argue the Chappelle thing takes years and not everyone gets a break but I have a much better chance a higher hit rate at doing the YouTube stuff I mean I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah, you, here because okay I, I'm with you I'm with you yeah. because I'll look out and I'll go, wow, this kid's got four sold out shows and um, I've seen his videos and, and he's terrible and he's, <laughs> he's, he's really super hacky. He's yeah. working the crowd and burning the room, but he doesn't even understand what burning the room is and yeah. say, oh, what kind of shirt is that? I see comics all over the world think they're working a crowd or they're expressing something yeah. and it's, they don't realize it. But, but look, lady comedy she's watching and talent is talent so if you don't have the goods you might rake in a lot of dough and i was in hollywood watching dudes get a half a million dollar deal all the time yeah and they were getting it before they were ready there's no longevity in your little youtube moment there's no longevity in your little instagram moment there is no longevity you will not survive three minutes following any real comedian in the world they will not and they mm. might not have to today but they're going to it's cyclical this is no. the moment for that experience and those fans are going to discover comedy by going to watch johnny at the town hall who crushed it on youtube mm. and they're going to realize as they discover other comedians that johnny sucked <laughs> yeah 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 now you've been doing it for how many years now uh, because um i think this is really important uh, uh, for people to hear uh, sorry how long you've been doing it for uh, I've been doing it like 18 years. Yeah, 18 years. Right, 18, no, so I think 20 it's years, you know. Yeah, it's good for people to hear so, yeah. that there is uh, truth to this, right? Like if you do the grunt work, if you hit the live shows, and, you've, and and I think even in that, I want you to just talk about this. You know, sometimes there's this thing, right? People now are like, we got to get back to comedy. And there's this fear of letting go because um, before the lockdown, they had their jokes. They were like, man, I want to go do these jokes, which are great. But now the it's been two years and maybe those jokes are good, but maybe you've changed or maybe people and people are scared yeah. of letting go of what they were, right? Whether it was their last great gay God was their last sort of um, the phase they were in when they were approaching comedy. But um, this is my opinion. You can give me yours and correct me if I'm wrong is I think I've realized and it was terrifying for me to say, you know what? I recorded a, a one hour show at the end of um, Sorry, at the beginning of 2020, I put it up on YouTube. That's the last sort of proper gig I've done. I've done a couple of corporate gigs online for some money, which of course I'm not proud of, but it helped. Uh, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't yeah, really written any. That's part of comedy. Probably. It's part of comedy, yeah. yeah. But I haven't yeah. written a new sort of uh, one hour show. I haven't written new jokes per se. I'm just relying on the old stuff I had for these corporate gigs. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not desperate to get back out there to these open mics where there's one or two people going oh my god it's comedy if i don't do it anymore if i don't get back on stage right now i'm going to lose it i'm okay waiting another six months i'm okay putting some time back into my material trying to understand what kind of person i am today what kind of humor uh, makes me laugh and what kind of stuff i want to share with people so 
What, what is your approach and what is it? Is that a right approach? Is that a wrong approach? But more importantly, is it okay to say, you know what, I've done, and, and this is something I told myself, you'd been doing comedy for 11 years, and now it's time to, in 2022 or 2021, look at it as your first year in comedy and start again. Is, is that okay to think like that? Or is, is there a... I think, I think every, like, so I don't mean to cut you off, but I totally no, get what you're saying. Yeah, I want you to so, cut me off. I talk too much. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> no, you know, it's really funny to add. People see me spinning my camera around. I'm like, uh-huh. just making sure I'm not getting mugged as well. So, yeah, 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 please. I don't even get mugged. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm like, someone's going to come by, grab the camera, and you're going to be like, who am I talking to now? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, and I'm the yeah. worst person to look out for you, right? <laughs> Butch behind you. <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't Sundeem say anything? Well, honestly, I thought he was bluffing too, but I guess he really couldn't say it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think comedy is, uh, is between the comic and God. So your individual voice tells you, look, I had to put the brakes on and, you know, I had to stop. Guys were like, you're moving to Vegas. You're not in L.A. You're doing this. You're doing mm. that. And you know what? My exhaustion saved my ass because I got tired. I started taking time and literally taking time, getting up and going for walks yeah, and yeah. breathing, watching TV, playing video games, talking to old friends and going to dinner and then i'm like wow man i feel loose again i feel funny you know the funny right. you got to keep the funny nurtured it's a plant yeah. it's you got to keep it growing and it's not going to grow under the the see we're also looking out and we're seeing success and we're thinking about money and we're thinking about paying our bills so we're yeah. like how's he doing how's he doing how is she doing it but you know what i'm i'm an artist you know yeah. so yeah. i'm a comedian a stand-up comic and an artist so my you know i have to go slow sometimes i have to you know you know listen to my voice and really experience what i'm feeling so i can give you something back and that is only going to come from living Mm. and getting some rest taking time like you're saying you're not just sitting to write notes you got to walk around you got to go to the park you got to listen you got to tune in hear what people are feeling say hello to mom and dad you know listen to the things that bother us and make us laugh and happy so you can share it and then someone hears you say something that you only discovered in what you thought in your head was a break from comedy but it was actually your greatest comedic period you know what i mean absolutely so, and i think the feelings you know, see because we both uh, i mean comedians all over the place I think look at feelings and those feelings manifest as examples and then they come out as observations. But I think this is so true. If you don't, if you don't feel and you don't, you're not giving time to process stuff that's going on around you, then you don't get a sense of, because I think what happens is then you kind of just are flipping through the news going, okay, what are the topics I can make fun of as opposed to gauging the sense of what people are going through emotionally. Um, and I think that is something that I learned when I, uh, you know, I, I used to just find, I used to, go for the jokes, right? Of course, the jokes are important without making people laugh. There's no business calling yourself a comedian. But what I mean is uh, trying to say, okay, what are the 10 things that are the most trending topics and let's make jokes of those as opposed to, um, I used to do that and it it got me some laughs, of course, and it was fun. But, you know, when I started talking about stuff that I've been through, stuff I want to go through, stuff that uh, hurts me, stuff that I'm scared of, stuff that I wish I could be, like, you know, the things that my insecurities or my fears. And 
it takes time. And a friend told me this many years back. He said, you got to dig deeper. You got to stop just scratching the surface in topics, right? When you talk about, uh, say, possibly anxiety or talk about like insecurity in relationship, you don't just do a right. just do a bad dick joke, but do a good dick joke, which takes a lot more scratching off the surface and digging deeper. And that makes so much sense and now. A real story, life. a real story. Right? A real story, yeah. And that makes so much sense now looking back. But you know, 2020, that special I talk about is, yeah, it was the first attempt at recording something to put it out there because I've done some other shows. I didn't record them, but also, you know, we call them specials very loosely. But I really feel that that was the starting point for me after 11 years or 10 years of doing it, learning all these things that you're talking about, right? About going on the, I mean, the so-called road in thing, doing uh, travel gigs, um, meeting people, uh, hanging out with comedians after, then you have this sort of phase where people bitch you out and you people speak behind your back. All of that, I think, all of that, having the nights where you're so, uh, the mornings where you're so hungover, you don't know if you're going to throw up on a plane and doing all of that. that. I, th yeah, I, I think we've all, you need to go through it in different, you know, points at uh, for different lengths of time. But I think that's goes to making, and then you realize, Oh my God, I need a break. I mean, you need a break to realize, okay, what do I need to take away? What do I need to keep on? And I think that's what you've done. And I think that's so cool that you left a place like Los Angeles to go to Vegas, which of course sounds really cool and fun and partying, but in a, right. in a career point of view, it doesn't look like the best thing because LA is where the money is. Oh, because you come off the stage every night and you're like, oh, I work with Joe Rogan, but you're still broke. And yeah. you're still not unsure of what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, you're like, I got to get back into it. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's really, uh, about that beautiful feeling when you step on stage and you let go of everything and you're yeah. learning to catch your breath, but you also want something to share and, you, and, and, you know, running hard. Like I run hard in a different way. Now I run, yeah. I run hard. Like, you know, I can't wait to go do, you know, the zoom show with Sunzeep. And after that, I'm knocking out another show and then I'm knocking out this and then I'm going home for real. And then I'm going home. I'm going to walk my dogs. You know what I mean? How you know, do you do that? I mean, you're doing an eight o'clock, so that's uh, eight to nine and you do There's a 10 no 24 hour city. That It's a 24 hour city. So my life yeah. schedule is so different than other people's life schedule. You but know? how do you do the, 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 are you doing the same material in all these shows? Are you no, doing no, 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 no. I, uh, um, you know, I do like 60% new show every night as I write wow. material. That was how I got the residency. So, oh, wow. you know, That's a lot, I, um, of, lot of stuff. Was, yeah. I was really lucky. I got 2020 best uh, Las Vegas comic. And, oh, uh, congratulations. And I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. And, I'm know, the worst yeah. host. I don't do any research. I just talk to people. <laughs> no, it's cool. No, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to share with you. You know, I, dude, I was very lucky during COVID. I did two movies. I did opening act with Steve Byrne and Ken Jung, uh -huh. and then I did uh, the the Reagan movie comes out about one of the American presidents, Ronald Reagan. I comes out in January with Dennis Quaid, who's a big American actor. If you guys oh don't nice know. nice so yeah so so these things and then and but my show the reason I kept the residency was because I do a new I I really improvisationally write through the audience my topics of my life and then. I take you know, that's what I loved about your show is I, I could really resonate with it because I'm not a conventional or is there a conventional that but I, I don't write down my set. I don't have this 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 discipline or I don't have the uh, the, the you know, the thing that drives me to sit and write notes before the set or to sit after right. and fine tune each word. I can't do that. And I, I love that about your performances. You go with an idea, of course, with your experience, the idea is already like a bit because you've kind of done it in that way with that with that skill you have. 
but you just have fun with it and every night the same bit sounds different yeah well thank you and you know i mean i'm not you know my formula worked for me the first like this the strat was really cool in la comedy club they allowed me to figure out my formula what's mm. really cool about vegas is you know um literally hundreds of thousands of people land every day so yeah. the show is 90 percent new audience every day right right, so, right right you know and and literally you know a mile up the strip uh brad garrett's comedy club is right across the street from the laugh factory so for They're those guys who don't know brad garrett, he's the guy from everybody loves raymond right for those of you yes yeah 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 and tons of tons of celebs pop into his gig and mm. and do his show and uh, but across the street, different audience. And Tropicana has a different audience than the MGM. And then, you know, it's really bizarre. But Vegas is, is so huge. And it's just so many people that, the you know, the audiences change every single night. So it's cool. That's amazing. So do you so have I get audiences to, I, through the yeah. week? So I was really lucky because we were, for one minute, we were pretty much the only comedy club open in the world. Ah. And then we were the only one in the U.S. So we were sold out. And it really rocked for for us because it gave this uh casino and the club so much ex exposure that yeah. it wouldn't normally have had and my show got a lot of good heat and yeah. um it made me a beast dude it just made me a beast <laughs> i was performing for 10 people only allowed in the room yeah and then uh, all masked up and then it went to 20 then it went to 30 and our room is only like a 164 room uh -huh. all the other rooms are like 280 320 yeah. So no, we were the only room allowed to have people in the That's room. That's crazy. So all of a sudden we were jamming and now <laughs> the rooms uh rotated in uh in January it goes into a two and a half million dollar brand new room. And wow. uh yeah, so it really was crazy. I had a director in my audience during that time who uh produced I uh, was a director of Soul Surfer, he saw me, he uh -huh. put me in that reggae movie, I got to improv. Uh -huh three three scenes with dennis quaid and then uh nice so all these things came out of this location and and that sort of it, it, it caused me to feel confidence in um sort of a stream of consciousness of uh, riff yeah. that i would walk through the audience with uh sort of like a guy would host like a late night show but of course yeah. material and punchline based yeah so uh my the love material i'm like a couple pieces that survive like six months yeah. but like um, I, bo I bookend my shows for the comedians out there listening what i do is a bookend i'll open up with real a real riff i'll slide into like something strong to sort yeah. of show them where i'm headed i'll slide into riff of new material see what's working i'll bounce up to something that i feel like is strong i'll drop down to the riff i'll re you know write that out about what i'm feeling and then i'll uh close out on the other end of the bookend the you know the huh. the you know, I'll close out with something strong at the end. But so you, you kind of package these bits within. Yeah. So you kind of, oh, that's yep. nice. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, um, you know, I'm blessed with so many guys rolling through. So they're always, uh, you know, guys will, like you or, you know, friends are like, dude, try this. Or I have a premise I can't do. You want to try that? Because they know mm. I'm always... I'm always needing a little more than everybody else, you know, yeah. and yeah. there's, there's moments where I'm dead empty, dude. And I'm in that green room. And yeah. I'm what like, do you do then? What, what have do I you done do then? to my soul? Yeah. What do you do when you're like well, running on fumes? You're dead empty. So you ready? So there was like 24 people in the room. I went in the back of the green room. I was talking to myself. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. What am I going to say to these people? I can't breathe. I can't think. And then I lectured myself and I'm like, go have fun. 
Like, don't right. be an idiot. You're right. So I, I actually listened to myself. I went out. I murdered. I had a great <laughs> set. And that was the night that Sean McNamara, the American director, was sitting with three of his buddies in the front row. I don't know who he is. And he go. He is like six foot six Irish guy, and goes. Right. I heard. I heard him through the curtains. Go. That guy's unbelievable. And I go out, and my buddy, an actor, Eric Audet, goes, "Hey, Butch, come here." I'm like, Eric. He goes, "Dude, you murdered. I want you to meet Sean McNamara. He's a director." And he looked at me right after I was done. You know, an hour later, before I almost lost it, and he looked at me and said, "What do you want?" I said, "I need a special." So I have a special out on Amazon right now called Live from Las Vegas with Butch Bradley. And then he put me in the Reagan movie. So the moment Wait, he said, you're he got feeling, you the special for Amazon, he did. He put me, oh. he, he filmed, he filmed the one, he filmed me four hours working crowds in Vegas and then he cut it into one hour. Oh man. I'm so happy that happened. That's, that's amazing. That's like such a great story. I think for any yeah, comedian dude. listening, that, that is something right? we all cling on to, right? It's that hope dude, of, and I mean um, a dirty little comedy club with 25 people. And yeah. I thought I was going to, I was like, dude, get me a couple of drinks. <laughs> but I, <didn't, laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. this is a Jack Daniels moment brewing right here. <laughs> but uh, I gave yeah. myself the lecture. I calmed down. That's and I amazing. To laugh just to laugh at the insanity of what it is we do. Yeah. And I started to laugh that 24 people are sitting out there and all the shit they got, they can do in <laughs> Vegas. And they ended up in this little comedy club <laughs> with a dude they've never heard of. And I'm like, oh, you know? man, I, I, that sounds like a wet dream, dude, because it's, it's literally, you know, every comedian who's just like so disillusioned by the whole machine of marketing and management yeah. and getting fucked yeah. over because someone else has the right um, formula of looks and connections versus just jokes. I think this is something yeah. that is sort of they can it's it's you know it's it's a it, a lifeline that they can they can hold on to these stories, and I, yeah, and I really do believe in what you said earlier is, and we both sort of shared on that line of thought is, if I you know a YouTube special where I'm I created my own thing and I didn't learn anything, yeah. I did all that basic stuff without the fan base. And I yeah. look back on videos of me from 15 years ago and I'm embarrassed. Yeah. But growing my art, my art shine in front of a director who's got 30 American movies and 400 TV shows. Mm. So it would not have happened yeah. to me if I had just filled the room and I was a goofy, yeah. uh, you know, goofy dick teller. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. I, like if I was burning the room and I was just like an idiot young dude who's got a fan base. The if you don't have like, substance, I think, yeah, they, I think these people, uh, not all, all directors, but I'm saying there are some people who can just sense the chemistry. They can see there's more depth in you than just, uh, you know, a formula-based, template-based comedy writer, right? That, they right. Can, that you're a human with well, stories, you have experiences that all these go into making uh, you tell these things on stage. I think some people can sense that. Well, what do you, the, kind of the comedian, we all have to ask ourselves, what do you want? I want TV, movies. I want my fellow comedians like yourself to go, he's a good dude. He's really talented. He works hard. I don't yeah. want them to go. I don't want them to go. Dude, he's driving a Porsche. Oh my God. He's <laughs> yeah. so, he, you know, I really don't work with him. He's, he's not really my kind of comedy, but dude, he's got houses. Yeah. He's rich. And then he worked for three years and I never heard of him again, but he's rich. I don't want that shit. Mm. I want to earn it, earn it, get it. Do I want to drive a Porsche? Oh yeah, I do. Ferrari <laughs> as well. 
But yeah, yeah. but I kind of want to earn it through, you know, this road. I brought, I I want to be respected, and I want my art to get me work and put me in position. Yeah. And I want to do really well at it. So when I get home, I'm like, oh my god, I just improv a scene with Dennis Quaid, and I didn't throw up, and it's all thanks to years of stand-up comedy yeah. and just grinding, grinding because. I could not have done that. What I had to do for three hours in front of some major, major American movie stars could not have done with any less than the amount of uh, time I've had in training live stand-up. No way. There's no way. Yeah. No, I think I'm just trying to realize that. How are you? Oh, it's just holds my phone. Yeah. Yeah. This is my buddy. He's a comedian in India. I'm doing an interview. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish I was there right now. It's 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 really it's early in the morning and I'm I haven't even had coffee. <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah coffee's a good friend to all of us, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, you know that's the strange thing that uh you know I, I I don't know if I'm calling myself healthy, but it's just it's so nice to not have that pressure of uh you know people are like you're a stand-up comedian. I'm like, yeah, I, st- I I love the art form of stand-up comedy, standing on stage, talking to people, making them laugh. I love that. But right now it's also giving me a chance to do this, right? Which I t- where I talk to you. And you can be funny wherever. And I think podcasting yeah. is great. But um, you know, I think you're getting uh, let me know when you want to wind up when you have your show starting. We can wind up. I'm before. good. I'm good. I got like fifteen minutes. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. It's fine. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think You know, this... you gotta have both, Sandeep. We're all yeah. in these different moments. It's like yeah. You know, famous female comedian Joan Rivers. Yeah. You know, she was up for the Tonight Show. Yeah. She she her she would tell stories about how it just blew me away that she was it's what I thought was the peak of her career, and mm. she was sneaking out of hotel rooms because she was so broke. Then she's you know Jay Leno mm. and her she's fighting for this Tonight Show spot. She's grinding. She's grinding. I mean, where we are in those quiet moments it's like in a blink of an eye all of a sudden you're in front of a thousand people telling jokes and you're feeling good and you know it's this whole amazing ride how would you want to take it all the good bad the ugly i would i really honestly being a stand-up comic is fucking cool i wouldn't (laughs) want to do it any other way and even in the ugliest of moments even in the times where i was on a buddy's couch for like two months broke and in a really strong point in my career and i'm like He's like, are you homeless? I go, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. I think I'm about <laughs> as close as I could be. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, well, I'm not kicking out, but I just want to point it out. You might, you might want to, you know, rethink your career. I was like, what did they get? We laughed, you know, yeah, and yeah. next thing you know, I line up gigs and then I'm back and I'm doing this. And, but, you know, I wouldn't want to do it any other way, you know, and do yeah. And I think it's honest. I think it's honest. If you're a real Absolutely. stand-up comic, it's honest. Yeah. You know, looking back to 2019, I had a couple of those moments where it was almost teetering out of control, right? Like where uh, I would say I spiraled out with a combination of alcohol and security. And of course, when you're yeah. in that state, you have other comedians who aren't the best influence, right? They kind of feed into that yeah. feeling you're going through. Like, yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely, you need to work on your material. Yeah, you're not doing the right thing. Yeah, the other comedian you're talking about is better. And then it sort of escalates to this point where you almost have a meltdown on stage. And I have had a couple of those. And I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, how could I do? But I needed that 
because without that i wouldn't be uh i wouldn't have been in a position to go wait a second what the fuck are you doing when in your life because stand up isn't life it's one of those things which you really love doing in life but if you kind of get confused going i must stand up i mean of course uh, um it's important to 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 give it the time it's due but when you when you aren't in a good place in life when i say good place i'm saying in your head uh, then it's very difficult to be um you know completely in the art form of stand up and giving it everything because you're in it for the wrong reasons then you're just in it to get smashed with other guys as opposed to enjoying the time on stage so i'm glad i went to that point and came back because it's so i'm so glad i can share it with you today that i can now almost approach stand up as a beginner with 11 years of experience <laughs> Right. And you know every set we have is day one, you know. Yeah. And 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 just like you, look, I romanticize and sometimes yeah. at the club, God, so many guys will show up here and all of a sudden it's in my head, I yeah. will spend all night with these guys telling yeah. stories. So, you know, I'll hang out for a bit, but you know, the beauty, the spark, we all see each other, we all start laughing, you know, I was yeah. with Tony Rock the other night. Yeah. He was here, we hung, we hung out and my buddy Jay Reed, just all these comics in Vegas and, and from all backgrounds. And, and I want to spend all night drinking and telling stories. But yeah. the truth is, uh, I also, you know, I've romanticized. I had those days. I would never trade those days in. Or yeah. me, and, uh, me and Jonathan in, in uh, you know, in Kalula Poor drinking until you know, till two days later. And yeah. I would never give any of that. Or me and Hung Lee from Australia. Oh my God. Thing. Yeah. Dude, I remember waking up in, in KL and I'm like, I think Hung Lee was here. And I knock <laughs> on the door and I open the door and Hung is like, are you ready to get back in it? And I'm like, what the fuck? But you know, I can I tell you two stories that, quickly? Like yeah. Hung Lee and I met at this pajama fest which Veer Das organized many years back. And we, I don't know, I couldn't find anyone else We your drinking buddy. And I'm so glad I found Hung Lee because we had some afternoon gigs. Yeah. And he's like, uh, and he's got a bit of a, he's a Vietnamese Aussie, right? And he's got this, yeah. actually he's like, ready for a bear, Mike. super and famous like, in Australia. He's so yeah. famous, it's unbelievable. He's really yeah. funny, he's really famous. And he have this line where we, we clink our beers and you go, cheers, mate, up your bum. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved hanging out with him so much. That was one of the highlights of the festival. And the Jonathan story, Jonathan Arthur, and I did a uh, thing in 2019. It was a fundraiser in uh, Madras, the city of Chennai. Um, and they flew Jonathan down and they knew he loves drinking, right? So they warned him, please don't start drinking on the flight. You have a gig this night. He's landed <laughs> up, got smashed out of his fucking face. And, <laughs> and then he comes and meets me, he just goes off on me and we're going back and forth. And by the way, right? Uh, the he kills that night, you know, Jonathan. He can, of course, of brilliant. course, he kills hard. Of and these course. people who are so he speaks like stuff. 11 languages and he's hammered, yeah. yeah. And when he exactly so, he's hammered out of his mind, they're worried whether he's going to fall off stage, but he kills. And then there are other comedians who are very sort of like well dressed and they're just like, Yeah, we, we don't drink, right. before, who've eaten shit on stage. And then Jonathan yeah. and I continue to drink. It's 4 a.m. and we're both holding each other, stumbling back to the room. And the next morning, Jonathan sends a photo. His entire foot is infected. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, man, dude, I won't trade any of those I can't do it again. that we have. Yeah, I can't yeah. throw a hango after that. Uh, I can't deal with it these days. I can drink, but I can't do that level of drinking. But yeah. I, as, you, as you said, I, can't, I, I, can, I would never trade that experience for anything. It was so much fun, you know? Right. Yeah, no, the best times ever. Like, I, you know, yeah. I... 
you know, COVID is really what the beginning of COVID when we um, had our lockdown here. Yeah. And, you know, um, even, and you know, my American brain was so it's gone through periods where it thinks it's invincible and I forget and traveling puts me back on earth. But yeah. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to be locked down. I didn't think for one minute I would ever be without a dollar. I didn't yeah. think anything, 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 anything. And then yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, my positive attitude is going to shit. And I was so literally, I went from like, you know, I, I was depressed and I did so much thinking. And I realized, holy shit, I might not go to stage again. Oh my God, right, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. And Dude, that must have been scary I, because I, that's your only thing. I mean, you had movies, but you're a resident and that's a big gig. No, you, right? you don't, yeah, you don't get paid for that stuff until later. Mm. And, um, and you know, uh, it's, it was more the reality that what would I do in life and who mm. am I without comedy? And I got depressed and my girl had a real positive attitude yeah. and I just was like really depressed, but, I came through it on the mm. other end by saying how lucky I am. And I didn't yeah. complain. I, I cut my complaining down. I'm yeah. still a New Jersey boy, which is the whiniest part of it. We're like, <laughs> we're loud mouths in America. So, you know, uh, you know, and I'm still that, but I, I'm way, it humbled me up a lot. It was like a great experience. And it just, you know, it was a great negative experience that sort of brought me around. And I just thought I better respect all this time because I can't hold this residency the way I used to behave and rage and party. And, and, and yeah. I probably was abusive to a lot of great moments in my career mm -hmm. by accident because I was just so caught up in the fun and the excitement. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, I have all the stories and I yeah. have a million more stories. I'm yeah. still a crazy dude. If yeah. you were here right now, we still wouldn't go to bed till 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hammered. But yeah. I'd be driving around. We would. I, I would just show you the whole city. So it's a no, little that's... different now. I think it's making those different. mistakes, I think, you know, sometimes, of course, at, at the expense of others, it's, it probably isn't advisable because it's not, it's just as a human, you should probably, you know, I think hurting others uh, unknowingly or knowingly isn't good. But I, okay, I want to talk about this before you, you have to go for your show. You know, right now, people are just walking on eggshells, right? Like with all these uh, terms like cancel culture, with the pronouns, with, with political yeah, correctness, crazy. with everyone crazy. being terrified of like going yeah. back in the past and taking your things you've done and things you've said and things and just holding you ransom to it. And, you know, uh, of course, there have been people who have um, done stuff which needs to be called out. But I don't want to get into that because, you know, it, it's it's a slippery slope. But how do yeah. you, um, you, you talk about all these things and we've shared these past experiences of getting um, into borderline, um, you know, situations where we were kind of, shit, what do we do? And that we look back and laugh now, but it also made you a better comedian, better performer. But, but now with this whole tentative approach to comedy and watching every word or watching what you say, I think worrying whether people are going to record you out of context. How does that, I mean, how does that feature? And I mean, are you noticing a shift in newer comedians coming up in this climate and how, because well, it's called a woke comedians. Do you think that yeah. even can exist? There's like, no such that, thing. There's yeah, no such thing. There's no such thing. This is all, this is all. And you know what? Look, I'm a good person. If I don't like you, it's most likely because you cut me off in traffic. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. you know, my and my audiences are so beautiful, dude. 
the COVID thing was really weird because Vegas, I never saw anything crazy. Everyone gets along in Vegas. Then yeah. there was a period where it was scary and America was scary. Yeah. Now it's settled down. And my audience is everybody. It's black. It's white. It's Indian. It's Malay. It's yeah. Chinese. It's Japanese. It is a true American city audience. It's Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. It's Los Angeles. So that beauty, and also I happen to work in the edgiest city in the country. So yeah. I get away with a lot more yeah, than yeah, everyone yeah. else. But a great filter. But I think when you're honest and you're like, for me, what's work for me is I grew up in New Jersey. I grew around a lot of people in New York. So I tell the truth and I tell it slowly. And as long as it's not coming from a bad place, I'm safe. But yeah. more importantly, I feel comfortable saying it because I know the location that I'm beginning this conversation from. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm not you are you are not going to fucking snag me with your bullshit, you know, crap because yeah. that's not who I am. And you're not coming I, from a place of madness. You're not coming from no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a history. The green room is filled with tall, heavy, big, black, Chinese, gay, straight. It's everyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, coming to the green room and see my friends and Tell me who I am or who I'm not or what I meant. The difference is comedians, especially like Chappelle, have the courage to go out there and tell you his honesty. And yeah. this woke culture has become the bully. The bully bullied them, and they're confusing the, us for being the bullies. We aren't yeah. the bullies. Yeah, I got picked yeah. on too, dude. I got picked on too. Oh, yeah? yeah, I cried. I got chased. We all did. Oh, we yeah. Didn't that, have a I bad moment happened. in their life. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, who who wasn't a little kid who had a moment of somewhere? You of know, course. you don't get to be older and have some weird blog site with fifty thousand followers, and you're twenty something, so you just take someone's life away because they don't get to explain themselves now. You're, yeah, those, which is bullshit. That's yeah, total disgusting. bullshit. And I've noticed, you know, like, for instance, uh, someone like me, they were, you know, I could run to uh, one aspect of myself. Like if someone says, oh, he 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 said something on stage and and, and actually it actually happened. There's this crowd interaction. I did a gig once and the girl was, you know, gi giving as she like I was I was picking on her. She was giving it back and it all was fine. People are laughing the next morning. I think she was encouraged by some other people, comedians to to sort of, uh, you know, call me out. And she said, I want a public apology in the media because you are out of line. And I got a little worried. I'm like, shit. And this is when I was a little drunk. Yeah. Like, Did I say something? And yeah, the way yeah. the way comedians, uh, a couple of guys are like, oh, man, dude, you are out of line. And if anything happens, you're on your own. And I was like, you motherfuckers. I, I don't want to yeah. give names, but bunch of cunts, right? <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, yeah. this is the kind of people I'm working with. So I'm so glad I'm not with them. But having yeah. said that, um, this is the point, right? When when you are doing something uh, and uh, someone who just um, wants to use one aspect, so they're probably, you know, I, I can easily say, oh, I'm a blind comedian. How can you go after me? But then I can go after right. the brown aspect. I mean, but no, at which point do I stop running away and say, you know what? I, I said it genuinely to get laughter and make people yeah. in the room laugh. If you want to take yeah, that yeah. twisted, and of course, sometimes... It does sound rude, but it's also the tone because the tone is set in that way. The interaction's going in that way, and it does sound obnoxious. It might sound even yeah, edgy, yeah, yeah, it might yeah. sound even borderline wrong, but it worked in that moment. Now, if you take that and make a recording out of it and put it to the media, they're going to fucking go after you because you look like yeah, a monster, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I you know, I think uh, after watching. Uh, like Chappelle's special, it was genius. I thought he like translated well. Are oh, you talking like about the new one, Closer? Because he got in trouble closer, for that, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he, give a total shit. Total genius. No, yeah. it's the highest level. It's the highest yeah. level of comedy. 
and all those people you're talking about that's like open mic bullshit those yeah. little hacks that want to like say something about you look if you enter a comedy club and sit down and enjoy the show if you don't like it the door's right behind you yeah you know what i mean don't even dare like it's stupid you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I think see, India know, right now I, is in a place. Uh, sorry for interrupting, just because I know you're out of time, but I want to just give you no, context. No, you're good, brother. We're good, man. I feel thank India. you for having me. By the way, this is an honor and a hey. pleasure. I miss you, man. I miss yeah, India. Man. Yeah. You should come here, man, because um, it's very I need interesting. To. I'm gonna find that girl who gave you grief. Yeah, I want to find <laughs> no, all dude. those little. Trust me, <laughs> I might be blind, but she's not worth it. You know, uh, she's, yeah. <laughs> you'll be uh, have better standards. Now we're, now we're both. Now you just got rid of both of us. No, but you know, the best part is that, um, not best part, but we have such different, uh, comedy scenes, so to speak, like the, the Indian comedy, not the club scene, we had a couple of clubs, so-called, there was one really big one in Bombay. Then there were a few, which sort of cropped up from there. Then there were these traveling gigs, but our entire comedy scene now, for the most part, I'd say 90% is online it's people just literally writing material so they can you know get it good enough and it's then not comedy. it's not comedy it's not comedy i don't know but i, I don't want to say it's not or not i don't know who i, I i'm not anyone to judge but it just doesn't seem i'm a judge I, i'm judging yeah. i'm judging it's not an art it's a bunch of people on like writing with look if you don't have the, the emotional connect and the kinetic energy between humans yeah in a live audience is why stand-up is popular. Zoom has nothing to do with stand-up comedy. You're practicing. You might as well be at a local college taking an acting one class. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. It's not going to translate. The world's going to open up. And if you don't have your guns, if you're not performing live and learning how to do it, then what are you going to do? You're going to stay on Zoom? Cool, you're big in the Zoom world. They paid you money. Whatever it is you're doing, it has nothing to do with the art of stand-up comedy. Mm. nothing at all or acting or movies or tv it's yeah. all you're a good writer okay yeah. good. good that's where yeah. you're gonna end up that's great you're a good writer you're writing for zoom i did a bunch of zoom and you know what right away yeah. i went even the, the one time i did really well because i sold out like you for big corporate money and i was starving during yeah. during the covid my girl's like you gotta do it so yeah. I did. I so I, I do this show. I'm eating it, and the only reason I started to do well is because I said I stopped and I went, "Look, this isn't comedy. This is shit." And I started just shitting on it. And I'm like, "This is a fake forum." I go, "I don't even know the comedians that are here. I've never seen them do comedy ever in their lives." Oh, they all think they're instead, dude. I was destroyed. But I still was covered in sweat. Now, right. three very wealthy older older white women, very wealthy, hired me to do their corporate. So at the end of it, these three wealthy white women, like in their 70s, uh, with wine glasses, leaned into the camera, and they looked at each other, and they go, we forgot how hard stand-up was. Watching you sweat was so enjoyable. That was my last Zoom show. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I have fun and my this girl evening. was behind the camera, dude. She's oh. like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, this is awful. I'm doing. I'm like a, a hooker for money, right? Oh, I have, I have the same experience coming up. They, in fact, maybe do a dry run last evening, and I, I don't want to bitch them out. They've been really sweet about it. But it's for... Um, it's for that. It's for their company. This it's it's it. It's about nine, eight o'clock. It's been about nine hours, eight hours time. I have I'm okay, this. Okay, bro. I'm okay. 
Yeah. No, so the show starts in about seven, eight hours for me. It's online, sitting in my room, and it's for about 400 people and their families. So kids are allowed into this wow. online thing. Oh, yeah, oh. Kids. <laughs> so, yeah, you can pray for me, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I will. Well, you know what? You just walk through, go slow, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and, and pray. I'll pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to think about something positive I could say, and then I pictured me there, and I went, ah, no, it's going to be a tough gig. Yeah, I should tell yeah. the truth. Yeah, yeah, you can hope yeah. for a blackout with the internet, but... Dude, all you got to do is step in that Indian traffic, and you'll be good. You'll be taken out in two seconds. All you got to do, just, yeah. And you yeah. know what? You, you can wave a white cane. They're still hitting you, dude. They're still hitting you. They're still hitting you. They don't care. They don't, they don't beep, care, beep, man. Beep, 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 beep. Boom. We just lost Sunday. We just lost Sunday. <laughs> and yeah, hopefully my special gets some views on YouTube. One hundred percent. Dude, you flying through the air would probably get you two million hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that girl would call and apologize and ask to open for you at your shows. Oh no, <laughs> I no 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 chance, man. I don't want apologies yeah. from people like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know the, the look. To, to bring it around for me, mm. for comedy, for where I think we were talking, comedy will handle itself. It'll filter out this period of time. Yeah. It'll go back. If you're not hardworking, if you're not a real true stand-up, and if you don't have the talent, thank you for trying. But yeah. the beauty about stand-up comedy is it will get rid of you. Lady comedy is a jealous killer, and she will get rid of those that aren't funny and who aren't. That all hater nonsense and that yeah. like taking people out, that has nothing to do with comedy. That's just like yeah. that's just like hater bullshit, you know? I it'll be it'll be handled. I think it's people who are insecure who don't want to look within but want to blame others for it. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Look, it's eight o'clock. I love you. I tell India hello, India. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to see you in Vegas. Anybody that sees this ends up in Vegas, tell them to come catch my show or add me on Instagram at Butch Bradley Comedy and uh, tell me they watched your show. And send me a clip so I can put it on uh, my social media. And thanks for having me, brother. Good luck, my friend. Enjoy the show. Have a, have a great one. Kill it, as always. And thank you so much for joining me and sharing all your stories. Oh, dude. Anytime. I miss you, brother. You, you too, man. You want to come to India and start drinking right now. I love you. All <laughs> Done. Right. Have a good gig, brother. Thanks for having me. Talk to you me. soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.